Welcome everyone. This is Jeff Cohn with the Wall Street Resource. Joining me is Branislav Vydist. He's the CEO of Heartbeam. Good morning, Branislav. Good morning, Jeff. So thanks for joining. Um, before we get going, can you give just a, a brief overview of Heartbeam for those that aren't so familiar? Yes, uh, happy to be here today. Um, Heart disease is number one cause of death worldwide. Uh, within that category of disease, heart attack is number one. Tackling the, the detection of a heart attack outside of a um, medical facility is, has been a very hard problem. It hasn't been solved for a number of decades. Uh, Detecting a heart attack once you're in the hospital is a different story. But most critical decision that everybody makes uh, with a potential heart attack is how to react to that. And from that standpoint, having a technology that with the patient 24-7 and enables that quick uh, detection of the heart attack is extremely important for survival of that patient and long-term prognosis for that patient. So we have tackled that problem and we have solved that problem, uh, we strongly believe. We've done a number of studies uh, led by Harvard Medical School faculty and at this point, you know, we are uh, embarking on the FDA clearance path, uh, which is well-defined, and commercialization after that. Okay, and I see you recently went public. Can you just touch on that for a moment? Yes, based on the fact that we have solved this problem uh, that hasn't been solved for a long time and the market size that is huge, um, and basically we have de-risked the, the, the whole investment proposition for uh, the investors in terms of having uh, three uh, well-designed and, and successful study behind us, uh, we decided to uh, um, go public. And uh, the IPO was successful, and we have the resources now to bring two products to the market uh, with this race. Okay. And then um, you, you talked about uh, the FDA. What is the regulatory pathway, and how far along are you in it? Yes, our, our platform technology yielded uh, two products so far. Uh, one is for the emergency room docs. Um, they are faced with uh, the decision they need to make quickly uh, once a potential heart attack patient uh, checks into the emergency room. Uh, is this likely a, a heart attack or perhaps it's indigestion or um, pulled muscle or something benign like that? And the first thing they do is they take a 12-lead ECG. That's the standard of care. Interpreting that ECG, uh, basically categorizing it into a heart attack or not, is very critical for them. And they're not cardiologists. You know, they're trained well and everything, but they're not cardiologists. So having a tool that is able to interpret that ECG with uh, an accuracy that exceeds that of the cardiologist is hugely important or uh, hugely valuable for that emergency room doc. So that's our first 
product. It is a software-only product that indeed um, uh, will use the standards valid ECG uh, out of the electronic medical records and uh, interpret um, the, the, that ECG and its baseline ECG for that for that uh, I'm sorry for that uh, physician um, in the emergency room. That's the first product, software only, and that's the one that we plan to submit for the FDA clearance in the near future. We are perhaps uh, four months or so away from that um, um, submission. So it's definitely going to be Q2 of this year when we submit that uh, for the FDA clearance. Um, again, predicate device has been uh, identified, uh, a simple study it, it, it has been approved uh, by our IRB, and in, in all in all, uh, that's going to be our introduction um, to the market in terms of uh, commercial presence. The okay. second product, is really the core product. That's the telehealth product. That's the product that will address the need um, that's out there for a 24-7 uh, capability uh, for that potential heart attack patient uh, to be detected with a heart attack. That's the core product. That's a much bigger market uh, indeed, and uh, that's probably about six months behind the first product uh, in terms of FDA clearance and the market introduction. Okay, so that um, makes me wonder a couple things. Uh, so do I have this right? You're not trying to replace the standard of care, the ECG. You're just trying to improve upon it? Yes. Um, it, it really <laughs> is, is, is um, um, depending on the product that we are talking about, right? You know, the first product, the ECG interpretation product for the emergency room is indeed uh, a interpretation of the existing ECGs based on our three-dimensional uh, model of the heart. We are able to improve that uh, visibility, uh, so to speak, into the cardiac condition of that patient uh, for that emergency room doctor. The second uh, uh, product is uh, going to actually use our three-dimensional approach to collecting that uh, signal with that small uh, device, uh, size of a credit card that's always with the patient, and interpret it uh, for the physician as well. So that product, the, the telehealth product, goes beyond 12-lead ECG and uh, is able to actually uh, generate a 12-lead ECG for the benefit of the physician who is trained to look at it, that. But it goes beyond that 12-lead ECG in terms of accuracy or, or ability to detect heart attack beyond what a 12-lead ECG can do. Okay. And it sounds like both products have a regulatory pathway of a 510K. Is that correct? Yes, that's very, very much the case. The first product, uh, uh, the software-only product, emergency room, uh, has a single uh, uh, predicate device, well-defined, um, and uh, again, uh, a very simple study associated with that submission. 
The second product uh, that has a hardware component, which is uh, that credit card size uh, device that basically is always with a patient, always in, in their wallet well, on the sign of a discomfort. They take it out, they press against their chest, and, and all that uh, information uh, together with their symptoms go up to the cloud. Uh, is um, uh, requiring two predicate devices because it is novel. It's very novel it, 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 in its uh, ability to attack heart attack, and that's why it will require two uh, predicate devices. Again, well-defined path, 510K path for both of these products. Okay, and, and they both, uh, you know, address large markets, so we don't need to quantify it. Suffice it to say, they're large numbers. But uh, what's the competitive landscape look like for each of them? It, it is very interesting uh, that there are a number of, of products out there, including Apple Watch, for instance, that have this ECG capability. What differentiates us from Apple Watch and Cardia and other uh, players that you know have ECG capability is that they, they are single lead ECG, and we are 12 lead uh, capable 12 lead ECG uh, technology. And so in that sense, we are very different. The single lead ECG technology that Apple and others are offering is adequate, uh, not great, but adequate for detecting a certain kind of arrhythmias, the so-called atrial fibrillation or AFib, and they focused on that market. That market is very crowded, and indeed there are about 3 million people in the United States that suffer from this condition. We are tackling a market that's much larger. There are about 18 million, six times more people that have uh, coronary artery disease leading a heart attack, so that the, the market for a, a heart attack detection technology is about six the market for this arrhythmia detection that everybody else uh, has been uh, um, going after. And and again, it's all about the technology. You know, the the, the single EDCG players uh, really don't have a technology that could address heart attack, and actually they're indicated just for arrhythmia, and their FDA clearances clearly state that they are not capable of detecting a heart attack. And ours, once cleared, will be very much detecting a heart attack, and will be helping that patient that's in the dilemma about uh, whether they have a heart attack or not, and their physicians will be helping them make that decision. Okay. So does your product um, include a, a sensor and a transmitter, or is it all, or is it all in one? And, and could that be used as a sensor and then ported to, you know, the watch or, or some other device? So, you know, if you look at our technology, it's a combination of hardware component and a sophisticated software uh, engine, if you want, a diagnostic engine that resides in the cloud. What's interesting about our hardware is that it is truly size of a credit card, um, uh, as thick as two or three credit cards 
stacked on top of each other, fits really nicely into the wallet. And in that sense, uh, as the wallet is always with the patient, uh, this hardware device that is basically an ECG machine is always with the patient. So that's the, that's the, the first, you know, component of our technology. And that's the, the component that, that collects those 3D ECG signals in a proprietary way. And from there, these signals go through your phone uh, up to the cloud where this sophisticated processing happens. And from there, they are sent to your physician. Uh, and this is all happening pretty much instantly. You know, the recording is 30 seconds long. Processing is a few seconds long. And uh, a minute later or so, your physician has a complete picture of your cardiac condition. Um, it has symptoms. It has history that we display for the patient. patient oh, I'm sorry, for the physician. And indeed, that physician is able to assess that patient looking at their 12-lead ECG as well on their tablet or, or their phone or, or laptop, whatever you may have there. So the, the, in that sense, uh, the loop is closed. Gotcha. Uh, patient is not feeling well, and the physician is able to assess them in a tele, tele, telemedicine type of environment. And indeed, in many cases, they will engage in a televisit with that patient to assess them further. Okay. And if I heard correctly, both products will be launched this year. Is that right? Our Both of these products will be submitted for the uh, FDA clearance this year. Our first product will definitely see uh, um, a limited market release this year, the, 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 the product that we talked about, which is uh, emergency room product is the first leading product. And we will submit this year clearance for that core product, that telehealth product that addresses um, uh, that huge market uh, associated with detecting heart attack remotely. So what is your go-to-market strategy? Uh, our go-to-market strategy for both products is, is well-developed um, and uh, different because they serve two different needs. Uh, our core product, uh, the telehealth product that uh, is helping uh, the physician and their patient uh, detect a heart attack uh, outside of a medical facility is um, uh, could be viewed actually as a um, alarm for for your heart in in a sense uh, because it's always with you and indeed uh, is helping um, on a 24/7 basis detect a heart potential heart attack so. Uh, looking at the value that we offer there, it's sort of similar to an alarm, right? You know, and it is a service. So while we do have a component that's hardware, we are not uh, going to sell uh, our device as, as a, um, a piece of hardware. We are going to uh, uh, embark on a service model because, again, uh, this is, uh, in essence, a service that is with the patient 24-7, in many cases, actually, for the rest of their life of the patient, 
who is at high risk, they will benefit from having this solution with them 24-7. Uh, the good news there is that there, are <clears throat> there is a reimbursement code for monitoring high-risk patients, in this case high-risk for heart attack patients, and there is no other technology out there that we are aware of that offers this value to the physicians and the high-risk patients. So all in all, there is a reimbursement path, well-defined reimbursement path, and a service uh, um, model uh, that uh, will be used for uh, harvesting the value of our technology. So, so the other product... Oh, before we go on, so that is not self-pay then? That, that's by insurance? Uh, yes, there, there is a well-established CPT code, uh, and initially it's going to be prescription only. And uh, down the road, do we see a potential for self-pay? Yes, we do. You know, there are many uh, uh, baby boomers and, and other people that are really concerned about their, their heart health. Maybe they have a history in the family of heart disease, etc. So we will enable self-pay. Uh, down the road, but initially we will uh, focus on prescription and uh, high-risk patients that indeed um, uh, we have about 18 million of them in the United States. Okay. Can you speak so, to um, the, the accuracy or what studies you've done uh, and, you know, what gives you the confidence that this will get adopted uh, over somebody just using, the you know, the Apple Watch, for example? Yes, indeed. You know, we, we, we took um, um, our studies and our validation of our technology very seriously. Uh, they were designed by Harvard Medical School faculty, and uh, three studies later uh, that we uh, were talking about, and we've done more internal, but these three studies that we, uh, we are talking about and that we'll be publishing pretty soon um, showed a high degree of accuracy of our technology. The first study uh, as I alluded to, showed a 20% increase in ability to detect heart attack over a panel of cardiologists. All that with you 24-7, a very powerful value proposition uh, indeed. Uh, the second study uh, that we conducted showed that uh, in our ability to detect heart attack in an emergency room, we were better than a panel of cardiologists as well. Uh, extremely important uh, for our software product, our emergency room product. And the third study dealt with a very uh, difficult problem or false positives. If a technology uh, uh, basically pro provides or, or misses um, uh, the diagnosis in a sense that it sends too many people to emergency room for no good reason, so-called false positives, that could be a really very big problem for that technology because the, the users and their physicians kind of lose faith in, 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 uh, in that diagnostic suggestion that technology produces. So we, we, we've done a study that showed that we had no false positives, zero false positives for those patients that were asymptomatic, that were uh, taking that, that uh, uh, recording in a, on a routine basis. So, so basically, false positive rate could be very problematic, and uh, if you read uh, articles about Apple Watch and similar technologies, 
you will realize that that's a real problem for the technologies that are out there. So these are the three studies, and we are extremely happy with uh, what we have seen. And again, from the um, um, investor's point of view, um, they significantly de-risk uh, this technology and this investment proposition going forward. Very good. So are each of these products um, just a single product, or are they a platform? Well, our um, IP, um, we have um, 10 uh, filings so far, covers all aspects of our technology. And if you look at the whole um, uh, spectrum of our um, patents and our capabilities, indeed, it is a platform technology. Uh, two products so far, um, and the pipeline of the future products is, is very deep. One uh, product I'd like to single out is the patch. You know, the patch industry is, is uh, pretty big right now. You know, the leader is iRetum with multi-billion dollar uh, cap, and all they have is a single lead ECG. We will have, and we have issued patent for a 12-lead ECG. The 12-lead ECG is much more powerful, as we talked about uh, before, than a single-lead ECG. So that patch um, is very much on, on our radar with an issued patent. And, you know, you can imagine, you know, with, with um, perhaps hundreds of thousands, one day millions of patients taking these recordings on a regular basis, um, we will have an incredibly rich database an application of artificial intelligence to that database will yield additional value for the company. So those are just two components that are in the pipeline, AI and the patch, and there is actually much more to come. Okay. And then are you going to be making this yourself, or is it outsourced? We, we are a technology company, in essence. We we provide solutions, and we will uh, not embark on, um, you know, being manufacturer of this uh, of this device. And um, at this time, we have a partner uh, that we'll uh, we are working with to, for FDA submission, and uh, it it will be also initially, uh, you know, uh, manufactured by this partner, and then beyond that, uh, we'll be embarking on a mass production of our uh, hardware device. That is, in terms of cost, it's not going to be that high, and we are not planning to um, um, actually um, sell it uh, at a profit. We are interested in, in the service. So the hardware component will be uh, made available uh, at the cost, and uh, uh, our uh, profit margins will be basically one of the software company because the value is in the software, the value is in what we provide to the physician and their uh, patients in terms of information and diagnostic value. Very good. And then the revenue models? Yeah, again, you know, this is going to be a service, right? Um, and it will be a monthly charge uh, uh, to the um, system be that, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Medicare, uh, if you use in the existing reimbursement codes, or private insurance companies that have shown a keen interest in this because of the value we provide uh, not only to the patient but 
we are capable of actually offering a substantial um, um, decrease in the cost for the for for that insurance company. We have not done study yet to show exact amounts that will be saved, but it makes sense that many of these patients will be kept at home uh, by our technology if they don't have to be seen by by a physician in the emergency room. In that sense, we will uh, save substantial money because these emergency room, unnecessary emergency room visits are indeed very expensive. And about 80%, over 80% of these chest pain visits that are potentially heart attack uh, are unnecessary. So all in all, uh, our revenue model will be one of service and the value proposition to all stakeholders in the system is very clear. Okay. And it sounds like you've got a lot going on. As we look out over the next 12 months, um, can you just give us a a timeline and a few of the uh, events or catalysts that can help uh, drive shareholder value? Yes. Um, Introduction of our first product uh, uh, will be the key driver. And again, we'll be submitting for clearance uh, in Q2, and in the second half of this year, we'll be uh, introducing this product to the market. Um, our telehealth product, our call product, will be submitted to the for the FDA clearance uh, uh, in in the Q4, Q3 to Q4 timeframe of uh, of this year as well. So those are the key events ahead of us. In the meantime. We'll be publishing um, our results and and um, making com- uh, basically community uh, physician community aware of our results, which we have not done so far. So we we have submitted our first uh, peer-reviewed paper uh, this week, and it's just going to go um, uh, up from 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 there, there in terms of. Uh, our presence at the conferences and in, in the journals. At the same time, we'll be uh, um, filing more patents. Uh, again, we uh, filed already 10 patents. We have three more that will be filed. Some of them will be granted. And uh, so those are some of the key events that uh, investors could be looking for uh, over the next 12 months. Very good. Ranislav, before we go, is there anything you want to leave us with? Well, uh, let me just tell you that my background is is in uh, chip design. I worked for Intel for 20 plus years, and I was co-inventor of flash memory, uh, and I hold two patents that enable flashism as a product. And I can tell you that we, uh, the group that invented flash back at Intel, uh, was very excited about what we will do. Uh, with the flash for for uh, you know the everyday life of people indeed digital photography and uh, and cell phones and many other things would not be available without the flash memory today you know looking at this technology and knowing what we have today here uh, I feel the same level of excitement will make a huge difference in lives of the patients and uh, indeed uh, make the job of physicians much easier. So we will, I strongly believe, have a huge impact for cardiovascular patients. Very good. Well, thank you so much for sharing the HeartBeam story. My pleasure. Thank you.